Right, so uh, we are doing a series, as you know, on, um, I don't have that wonderful triangle that um, Jamie and Rochelle had up, but it's looking at how we can um, bring the kingdom and the importance of, uh, we, we were looking at um, intimacy, and over the last few weeks we're looking at intimacy, how, how important that is. Um, and we've moved on now to the whole subject of identity, and we'll be doing that over the next few weeks. And the other one was impact. And so these three together enable us to have a major, uh, you know, if, if, we ha if we get these right, mm. then we're going to have an impact and bring the kingdom uh, to this world and so desperately needs it. And so I'm going to tell you to, to look at identity. And in particular, um, I want to ask the question, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? What is your, what is your real assessment of yourself? And that's really important because if we've got a wrong identity, then actually a load of things flow from that. If we've got a wrong identity of who we are, then we, we don't believe a whole load of stuff that's, that's actually true about us. And if we don't believe it, we won't see it. And so what our identity is and what we believe about ourselves is really important. So there's a number of words up there. There's all sorts of other ones that you could choose. Um, now, our youth aren't here, are they? So I can, I can um, talk about them behind their backs. <laughs> so, now we have a little thing that we've, I've done over the, quite a few years with the youth. And, uh, uh, and I, every now and again, I ask them the question, if Jesus came into the room, what would he say to you? What would he say to you? Now, it's really interesting, over the years, how that has changed. And it's really encouraging to see that actually some of the truth of the word of God has got into them um, over the years. But there's always that little sense of, oh, I don't know. And when we started that question, the main answer they gave was, you could do better. Because that's what you feel a lot of the time. When they're at home or when they're at school, there's a sense of, you need to do a bit better. And that's what they thought Jesus would say to them. You need to do a bit better. You, you know, it's okay here, but this isn't very good. And so they had this, this idea that there was a... Uh, Jesus was sort of a little bit fed up with them, a bit cheesed off with them, a bit like their teachers, a bit like their parents maybe. And, and so over the years, we've, we've tried to help them see, actually, that's not what Jesus would say to you. Um, so... The word, the word I want to look at today on, on this is the word glorious. The word glorious. Do you see yourself as glorious? That's what uh, this, this talk is about. And this comes from um, a, a passage in John. And we're going to read that. John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through uh, th their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me even as you 
uh, and, and have loved them even as you have loved me. So this, um, this is a prayer that Jesus is praying for all of us. And, and the context here is the unity of the church. It's also a context of that the world will see who Jesus is. But in the middle of this is a, an extraordinary statement, which is Jesus saying, I have given them, that's you and me, the glory that you gave me. Now, I, I, when I was reading this, I was, I, it's really quite difficult to get your head around. God has given, or Jesus has given us the glory that he has, or that he had when he was on earth. So, what is this, what is this glory? What is it? What, what, so, what is the glory that Jesus has given us? Well, um, another verse that we can look at in John 1, verse 14, uh, right at the start of the book of John, John writes this, he said, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, John here is saying that we, we beheld the Son. Now, now, we know from other, other parts of Scripture that Jesus wasn't a hugely attractive, physically attractive man. It, it says that there is no beauty in him that we should... Uh, you know, take note of it. So he was the glory wasn't, uh, you know, what he looks like. He was just a man. Uh, no, his glory came from, firstly, who he was, which was the one and only, the glory of the one and only son. He was glorious because he carried in him the fact that he was the son of God. That was the glory. He was a son of the Most High. He was approved by God. When, when he was at baptism, Jesus spoke over him and said, This is my beloved son. In him, I am well pleased. Jesus uh, had the, the, uh, the stamp of authority given to him by the, the father himself at his baptism, and the, the disciples heard it. So this was what was part of that glory, was the fact that he was the son of God, and they beheld it, and they could see it, and they could recognise it. Um, and then in verse, uh, just a few verses before that, it says, to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. So this glory that he had is given to us as his children. And, and when we do that, we become sons and daughters of the king. We become, if you like, equal. We are co-heirs with Jesus. We have the same status as Jesus. And it's, that is a given. It's a given. That's, that's who we are. We are standing as believers, people who believed on his name, having the same status as Jesus. And that is really important for us to get into our heads. And to get into our identity. Because we don't feel like that a lot of the time. And I'm going to talk about that a bit later. So not only are we glorious because we're sons and daughters. But we also have been given his life. You see, you could say, you know, I've given them the glory they gave me. And it could be something like I've given them a piece of cake. And you have this piece of cake and you look at it and say, yeah. Or, or I've given them this present um, of, a, of a phone or a watch or whatever. No, but actually it's much more than that. Because it says, I in them and you in me 
This isn't just being given a, a something to hold. It, we, it, he becomes part of us. We are partakers, or as Peter says, of the divine nature. It's in us. He gives it to us. So we have his, his, the glory of the life of Jesus in us. And that is his righteousness, his perfection, his purity, his holiness, his grace and truth, his love. It's all given to us. Now, if you thought, think about that, if that is true, then we are glorious. Yeah? We are truly glorious because that's all in us. And, and it's not a case of sometimes, or part, or, or a little bit. He didn't say, well, I'll, I'll keep most of my glory for myself and I'll give you a little bit of it. No, he said, I'm going to give it all to you. You've got it all. I am in you, and the Father is in me, and we are one. Because, because I'm not holding anything back from you, because you've been made perfect in me, and therefore you're going to have all my glory. And, and the problem we have is that we, we, our heads find it difficult to get around that concept of us being glorious people. We are tend to, particularly in this country, tend to be quite differential. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not very good. I'm, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we, can, we can say things like, oh, you played really well. Oh, no, it wasn't me. No, no, I, I wasn't, it wasn't that good, really. I kept making mistakes. And we do that sort of thing, don't we? We put ourselves down. And that, is our, that tends to be the sort of British way of doing things. And actually, that's not heaven's way. Now, it's not to say we boast about how, how we... But we recognise who we are. We recognise what Jesus has done for us. And so when God, the Father, looks at us... And this is important. He sees you. You see, one of the things, and James mentioned this before, sometimes it's been said that, you know, that, that we are still awful, but we are covered by Jesus. And so he just sees Jesus... And we're hiding behind Jesus, and he says, oh, I'm happy. Because all I can see is Jesus, and, uh, and I can't see them, and therefore I can, I can love them. No, no, he sees you. He sees you, and in you is the righteousness of Christ, the wonderful life of Christ, and he loves you. And he says the same things over you. This is, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. And it's just it's marvellous. Can you, can you see them? Aren't they wonderful? He sees you and says that over you. And that's what, and, and, and we have to sort of, and you know, we, we heard this from, from some of the, the prayers that were said. This is the promises, this is the truth of the word of God. And this is true. And whether you believe it or not, or whether you think, how can it be true? It's true. And so believing that and understanding that is crucial for our future, uh, the way we, we, we live and act. Because it will impact how we how we um, how we behave. But you're going to say to me, and I, you know, and I could I could relate to this. That's all very well, Tim, but you weren't there this morning when I was trying to get the kids ready, and the things I said to them, and that wasn't very glorious. Uh, and last week at work, when I you know when I started gossiping about someone behind their back, I said it wasn't very glorious then. And, and we can look at ourselves and we can point out where we've messed up and we've got it wrong. And, and, and we think, well, I'm not glorious. I just, just, I'm not because that's who I am. That's, I mess up so often. I make things wrong. I've, I've messed up in the past and I've made a mess of things. You know, I'm not glorious. And, and I want to give you an illustration which I was given a few years ago. So I'm copying it. 
And it's really important that, uh, I think it's quite a helpful illustration, hopefully, to understand that when we mess up, and we do, <coughs> you know, none of us are perfect, we do mess up, that doesn't change who you are. Doesn't change who you are. Doesn't change the fact that you're still glorious. So, this is a picture. Oh, it's there already. <laughs> you probably wonder, why, why is that up there for? Okay. This is Pevensey Castle. Um, uh, it's on the south coast near Hastings. And this is a bit of a, a ruin. Okay. When we were... God made each of us in the image of God. We were created in his image and Adam and Eve walked in the garden and they were people that had glory and because they were created in the image of God. Sin entered the world and sin had a t terrible effect on us. And it's like this broken castle. You can look at people's lives and you can, you can have some sense of who they were when they were you know, fully fully in the image of God. And yet sin and, and Satan and everything has just come in and destroyed and broken down. And so this, you can imagine what this may have been once. You can imagine this was once an, a tremendous castle. And yet, it, you, so you've got an idea. And this is what we were like. We, we, we have this sort of essence of the image of God, but it was so broken and marred by sin that it was a bit of a ruin. And, uh, and yet you can see something of what it once was. And then Jesus came. And when we turn to him, he not only restores us to our former glory, he actually brings us into an even better place. Because we not only are made in the image of God once again and reflecting who God is, but his life comes inside us. And so we get restored into something even greater. This, he puts us back together and makes us into a glorious house. This is Warwick Castle, if you've never been there, just as an example. Um, and, so, and so we become a glorious house. And this is, this is what Jesus sees. This is what God sees when he looks at us. A restored, fully glorious place that is, uh, you know, a place where he dwells by his spirit. Now, what happens when we mess up in that. So you can look at this house and think, do you know what? This is me, but last week I, I, I threw some paint on the wall. I made a bit of a mess. Or, uh, you know, I scribbled on the wall. Because I was, I was, you know. Or I, 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 I was so cross I threw a milk bottle on the, onto the carpet and, and I didn't clear it up and it's all got a bit smelly in there. Does that make that castle not glorious anymore? No, it's still a glorious place. It's just got a bit of mess on it. It needs cleaning up. That's all. It just needs a bit of a clean. And of course, Jesus has got the answer to that. He's, he, is, he knows that's going to happen. And so, his promise, in 1 John 1 verse 9, is if we confess our sins, God is gracious and just and will forgive us and will cleanse us. He's, he, he does that. He goes around and says, you made a bit of a mess here, haven't you? I'll tell you what, I'll clean it up. I'll clean it up. And that's what he does. He comes in to our glorious temple, our glorious uh, place where God lives by his spirit, and the stuff that we've done wrong, he'll clean up when we confess and say, oh, oh, you know, I've messed up here. 
Right, I'll come in, I'll clean up. So we don't ignore sin, we don't say it doesn't matter, but what we don't do is we don't focus on it and say, I am a terrible person, I am a sinner, when actually you're glorious. But actually you've got a bit of mess. And often what we then do is that we go in and we, and we, and we, we confess and, and, and Jesus is the perfect cleanser. He, will, he, will, he says, I will cleanse you completely. And when he comes in and cleans up our mess, he's gone. And yet what we tend to do, and, and we, I, you know, I do this, is that you know, we invite people and we invite Jesus into our wonderful castle and then we take him and we say, oh, this is where I scribbled on the wall. Do you remember? I, you know, I'm, I'm still a bit annoyed about that. And this is where I spilt the milk. And this is where I splashed it on the wall. And Jesus is saying, why are you, why are you showing us nothing there? It's gone. It's, it, it, it makes no sense if we took someone round our house and, and, and it had been completely cleaned and said, oh yeah, but here was some dirt. Why would you do that? Why would you go back time and time again and say, there's some dirt here? Because, and that's often because we don't feel cleansed. Because the accuser is saying to us, oh, do you remember what you did two years ago? Do you remember that? <sighs> Call yourself a Christian. Call yourself glorious. But Jesus, Jesus, doesn't see, Jesus sees the glorious house. He doesn't see the mess that he's cleaned up because he's cleaned it up. We don't go back time and time again over the same thing. We believe the promise. We believe it that as soon as we confess, it's done. It's gone. And Jesus doesn't want us to relate to him <coughs> always as, oh God, I've messed up, I've messed up. That's not what he wants us to relate to him. The Father wants us to relate to him as a glorious son and daughter. Amen. He, doesn't want, he doesn't need to be reminded that he cleaned something up a few months ago. We understand, you know, when we, when we mess up big time, and we occasionally do that, there are consequences that we have to deal with, and it might go on for a bit of time. That doesn't mean you're not clean and glorious. Just because we're dealing with stuff that happened. As soon as we confess, as soon as we go back to Jesus, it's cleaned up. And we can get on. And we, we can stand before him with our heads up. And even when we mess up, he doesn't want us to crawl into his throne room and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm unworthy, I'm not. No, he wants us to go in with our heads up and say, yeah, Father, I've messed up again. I'm sorry, can you sort this out? And he will. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness so that we can stand before him with our heads high, <coughs> even if we're dealing with stuff as a result. It doesn't matter. He will help us with all that. And so there is such a, 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 a tendency, on our, on our, and I say it for myself, that we keep reminding ourselves of where we've messed up, and Jesus doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to know how glorious we are because it honours Jesus. It honours Jesus. When we recognise who we are, we're saying, Jesus, you're wonderful because of what you've made me. If we go in and say, oh, I'm awful, I'm a sinner, we, we dishonour what Jesus has done. We ignore the fact that he's made us glorious. And so, and so it's so important that we, we understand this and say, actually, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to allow Satan's accusations there is now no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus. So I'm not going to enter into his presence in that mindset. I'm going to enter his presence with praise and I'm going to worship because I'm a glorious son and daughter. 
And that's what he's after. He wants us to, because as soon as we do that, and why is this important? Why is this important? It's important because when we recognise who we are and we stand before God with our heads held high, we can receive that which is due to a royal son or daughter. I don't know if those... I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the coronation last week and and seeing the state and the pomp. And although although our own monarchy has limited power nowadays, the, 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 um, uh, the service dates back hundreds of thousands, well, a thousand years, when the king did have, or the queen did have, real power and authority. And all those little symbols are a bit weird, some of the stuff, aren't they? All the, the rings and the glove and all that sort of stuff, if anybody watched it. But it was a sign of the authority and power that the king had. And that power and authority runs through the whole of that royal family. So the prince would have that authority. And he, he, and actually, you know, even now, when the, the, the Prince of Wales goes into places, he knows that, 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 he, that he's, he's going to have some authority and presence in that place, because he knows who he is. He knows he's the son of the king. And therefore, he's got some, you know, he knows what he can, he can, he can, he can ask for stuff, he can do stuff, he can, he can achieve stuff, because of that authority that comes from his father. And he's recognising it. If he went in there thinking, oh, I'm nothing really and, I, and I'm not really anything, um, he wouldn't ask for anything. He wouldn't do anything because he would have thought, oh, there's nothing's going to happen. I, I'm not really much anybody, you know, whatever. And so when we recognise who we are, we recognise the authority that we've been given because we're royal sons and daughters, we will be so effective in this world because we, we will take hold of that which God has for us and we will say, yeah, no, it's mine because of who I am, and I'm going to use it for the glory of God and to extend his kingdom. And so it, understanding that is so important. And the other thing which we need to uh, uh, understand as well, um, which I've skipped, so I'll go back to... Uh, oh, no, I haven't. Oh, yes, 1 John 1, verse 9. That is not 1 John 1 verse 9. I do apologise for that. That is, in fact, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 18 if you're taking notes. I thought this was a really interesting uh, phrase because there is a process that we go through in life where we are transformed. You know, it's called sanctification for the wrong word of it. And actually, you know, as we go through life, uh, we do get transformed. There are areas of us where God needs to work and to transform us and to change us it's like it's like having this glorious house that's been restored but actually there's a few rooms in there that haven't yet had all the work done on them and uh, and god is at work just making those perfect and so but the the way it's phrased here and this is important is uh, our faces are not covered Uh, we show the lord's glory and we are being changed to be like him this change in us brings (coughs) ever greater glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Another translation is, is from one degree of glory to another. And so this verse recognises that we're glorious. There's just some additional stuff that sometimes needs to be done. For those that are parents, um, that's part of the work of your children, by the way, uh, to transform you 
into the likeness of Christ by their behaviour at times. I am a much more perfected person because of the uh, having had children. Um, and, and so just when, when, when they're being a little bit you know, annoying and they're trying you to do it, just remember they're doing God's work for you. <laughs> just a little take on that um, and it might help. Okay. So, this is important. And I'll be concluding now. This is important because God wants us to enter... God firstly wants us to know what he thinks of you. He really doesn't want us to think that we're sinners. He doesn't want us to go into his presence, oh, I'm awful, you know, please accept me. He doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us to enter his presence as glorious sons and daughters. He wants you to enjoy his smile. He wants you to enjoy his face. Because he doesn't want us to relate to him as sinner. He wants us to relate to him as son and daughter, as saint. And that's really important. Yeah, we do mess up sometimes. And yes, there is a way that we, 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 we go to him and, and confess and he cleans it up. Yeah, that's fine. That's right and that's good. And we need to not ignore sin. But that's not who we are. We are glorious. The second thing is, and this is really important too, um, is, is unity comes from not only recognising that in ourselves, but recognising that in others. Recognising that every one of you is glorious. When I relate to you, I'm relating to a glorious son or daughter. And that's a mindset, because we can so often look at people and say, oh, they're, not, they're, they're a bit annoying, aren't they? They're a bit not very good, or, you know, because we've all got different, we're all different, all different personalities. But actually, unity comes from recognising who you are in God and what God has made you to be, rather than looking at the, the things that I don't like about you or I find difficult about you, because that's not the way we should relate to each other. We need to see each other in that same way. We need to see ourselves, firstly, and then we need to see others. Actually, you're a glorious daughter of God. You're a glorious son of God. I'm going to relate to you on that level. I may not, uh, you know, I may not understand everything you do. I may, you know, I'm different to you. But actually, you're glorious, and I'm glorious. God has no favourites. Um, you may have different gifting to me, but you're still. That doesn't mean to say that I'm less glorious or more glorious than you. I'm just who we are. And I think it's really important for us to 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 understand and relate on that level, because so often we can relate on the way of the gifting or the, the, the place that you have or, 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 or your you know or, or your background or your job or your whatever it might be we can relate on that level and actually when we do that first and foremost we can compare actually that person has got greater gifting than I have well I feel a bit bad about that I feel a bit jealous that person has greater uh, financial wealth for me, well, that's, uh, you know, that I feel a bit jealous of that. And then rivalry comes in. And actually, that's not what that helps. That doesn't help. That leads to disunity. So what God uh, does is make us all glorious. He doesn't make us all the same. <coughs> We're all different. We're all, uh, we've all got different gifts. We've all got different personalities. We've all got uh, different backgrounds, all that. And that's really important because we're not all the same. But we all carry the same glory. We all carry the same glory. There is no more one that is more glorious 
And so when Jesus, and when the Father looks at you, he doesn't look at, at me and say, well, you know, I quite like you, but I prefer Jamie. Jamie might think that, but that's not what it's... No. <laughs> it's not, he doesn't, he doesn't think that way at all. He doesn't look at us and have any favourites, or as said before, we're all favourites, because he looks at us and sees the glory of his son, and he smiles. And that's, what, that's how he sees us. He doesn't see any difference. He doesn't see one higher than the other. He doesn't see status. He doesn't, he doesn't care about the label you've got. He doesn't care about any of that. He sees you as someone who has the glory of his son in them. And it gives him a smile and a joy. And he accepts you and he loves you and he pours his grace upon you for that reason and that reason only. And that's how we should relate to one another. Yeah, we are different. Yeah, we have different gifts. But let's not look at that as a, as a way to make us different. We should see each other as what God has made us to be. And that, that leads on. See, when we live like that, when we live knowing who we are, when we live in that unity, then the world sees something different about us. And that was the prayer um, of Kipchu earlier on. The unity and the love and the status of the church will tell the world how wonderful Jesus is and will demonstrate what Jesus has done. Because we're all different and we've come together, we're united under one head Jesus who is in us and working in us. And some amazing way, the Bible says, as we do that, the world will see something. The world will see something unique. They'll see that Jesus has made a difference, that Jesus has come. And it's different to what they see. It's different to what they see at the, the song contest last night. Oh, that was, you know, I, I'm not, not, didn't really, not really into that. They, they, people are going on about how wonderful it is and all this. And, and, and that, is a, that is a counterfeit, by the way. It's a counterfeit way the world tries to bring unity. This, the church, is the genuine article. The genuine article of what God has done. And when we live like this, the world sees. The world will see. Yeah. So I just want to just pray at the end. And just pray for us. And I just, um, you know, you may have heard talks on this before. I know I have. And actually, every time I look at this, there is a, a process that goes on. An increasing awareness of who I am. And it, it takes a, t a while for me to, to sink in. And I need to hear this time and time again. And so I just want to pray for those that are on a journey to understanding the reality of this in their lives. That they're not... A broken down castle. Maybe you saw that Pevensey castle and think, yes, that's me. I feel that's me. And actually Jesus is saying, no, that's not you. That's not you. You're that glorious Warwick castle. You're the restored. And so maybe there is just one or two people here that are thinking, I'm not that glorious. And God wants to, to bring something different into your heart. He wants to, through the Holy Spirit, just impart that wonderful truth that you are glorious you are glorious you're not a broken down ruin you're not uh, overlooked you're not past it you're not missed it you haven't you've been restored to a glorious a glorious building that is uh, uh, glorifying to God that has Christ in you so if you don't feel that the truth is what the word of God says not what you feel so let the truth dwell in your heart. Let the truth set you free 
as the Bible says. Let it set you free from condemnation. Let it set you free from a wrong view of yourself. Jesus. That he loves you. That he delights in you. That he sees you as glorious. Despite what you think of yourself, he sees you as glorious and he wants that mindset to change. And he will do it by the Spirit. He will change that mindset. And I just... The other thing I just believe is, is how we view each other. Let's learn to view each other with that real sense of the glory that God has put in them. Because they carry inside them the glory of Jesus. And let's relate to one another on that level, first and foremost. So that we will put down rivalry, we will put down jealousy, we will put down anything that, that gets in the way and we recognise, yeah, we're different. Yeah, we have different characteristics, different gifts, yeah, but in, in essence, we carry the glory of Jesus. And let's commit ourselves to seeing one another that way. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just, I'm amazed at what you've done. I'm amazed that you've taken ruined sinners and you've restored them. You've made them new creations. You've made me a new creation in Jesus Christ. You've given me your glory. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that I can put my head up and I can enter into your presence and there's a smile on your face. And, uh, and Lord, I want to do that every day. And Lord, when I mess up, I thank you that you have an answer and I don't have to cower in the corner. I can come in and know that I'm still accepted and still loved and you will come and you will cleanse and you will restore everything back to how it was, if not even better because that's what you do. You change us from one degree of glory to another. And Lord, thank you that you're about a process. But thank you that we are even now glorious. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the depth of it. Thank you for the width and the height of it. Lord, it's amazing what you do for us. And Lord, we want to live in the good of that. We want to live as royal sons and daughters. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.